Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Yeah, when you see something other people don't see, uh, you know, which is what the visionaries do yeah. and what you saw with the, your water, uh, it gives you a, you know, a clarity and a strength that other people, you know, that the status quo, you know, the thing is to, to you didn't realize right from the beginning, you were going to be fighting the status quo and no. uh, because you didn't want limitations. You know, you were smart enough coming up to recognize, you know, limitations. You said the limitation word. A lot of people don't think about that. You know, the deal is like, do the job you are today, but raise your eyes and look down the road. Is the company you're in, the industry you're in, what you're doing, are there limitations there? What? How do you feel about those limitations? Do you Are you going to accept those things? Are you going to do uh, things that allow you to, where you will have unlimited potential, you know? And uh, that's what, uh, the you know, the... Big companies, the things that people listening to this need to realize, don't be discouraged if you get out there and get put down by people that are the respected, reputable, you know, established uh, uh, companies, you know, the big behemoths out there, because they are invested in keeping things pretty much the same way. And they... You know, they're stilted. You know, they do things the same way. Now, what happens is they go down because they lose out on talent like you. And, uh, you know, people who could be creative, out, think outside the box, highly motivated, don't want to be put into a, uh, you know, a square uh, 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 and stay there, you know, cubicle. And, you know, they want, you know, they've got more energy. And so that's why the, the young companies have a chance, you know, they give you more opportunity. They're going to attract uh, uh, people who probably are turned down, you know, by the uh, the big established companies. And that's, that's probably a good thing. If you got turned down there, raise your sights and think maybe this can be good for me because maybe I'd be in a slow growth or a limited growth situation if I got what I thought was a dream, dream job. I'll tell you something, uh, um, which you could relate to we had conventions in atlanta and we would always stay at the uh georgia dome at the time it was the georgia dome convention center down there and uh one time we were in there and uh uh i met the cnn elevator with ted turner and jane fonda uh-huh waiting for the elevator and uh this is when they were just starting together and he was talking to her. You know, I just happened to her overhear him. He said, you know, the thing is, he said, what I, I, he said, I just thought about it today. He said, I'm not actually qualified to get a job, any job that they have here at CNN. He said, I'm not qualified to fill any job there. He said, unfortunately, I don't have to. You know, it doesn't matter because, you know, I own the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and and that's the thing. I mean, Ted was just, you know, is very funny. I, I think that that's... Then he, said, then he said, you know, in the this building, this, you know, the whole building here, he said, 
I could never afford a building like this, but fortunately, I built it. (laughs) No, he's so funny. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. So when I left that and moved to San Francisco, uh, I was actually, my husband, uh, my fiance at the time was graduating from law school and wanted to do this thing called technology law. And no one was doing technology law in 1994. So uh, we moved and I thought maybe I I was taking a break, but I thought maybe I go to a regional office and, and work at CNN and do what I was doing. But instead, I thought maybe I'd do something else. I mean, right. you know, I don't know. I'm not wedded to it. I've only been in both of these, uh, you know, types of media for for the last few years. So maybe I go do something else. So anyway, that was when I stumbled upon this CD-ROM shopping company. And it was primarily because of this fascination with Steve Jobs. I wouldn't have been able to really articulate it. It was like, for me, that was the story was how I connected, um, you know, why it was interesting to me because I had you know, I could rattle off sort of some of the cool things that he had done for the computer industry, but I didn't know how they worked. And I think you, that that, go ahead. Do you remember what the guy told you about uh, his experience for what it was like to work with Steve Jobs? Well, I think, you know, he's, he would say that he was, uh, you know, very much how I think most founders are, that he had, he had strong opinions. Um, he was, uh, he was relentless in actually uh, focusing on, you know, what was uh, kind of the the goal and and getting it done. Um, and he, I, I mean, he, the interesting thing for me, sort of thinking back on it, is I think he definitely micromanaged. Yeah, um, you know, many people who worked alongside him that I've, you know, been fortunate to meet over the years. Um, But I think that, you know, looking at sort of the most successful founders in many different industries, which I've been really fascinated and have studied, I think that there's a consistent threat amongst, you know, you've got to be able to lead a company. You've got to be able to have that vision in order to, uh, get people to jump in the boat with you, right? Yeah. And and I think what Steve was probably doing, while supporters may call it micromanaging, I think Steve was very good at hiring people who knew more than he did, I think primarily because he wanted to learn from them. And he wanted to right. be better. He wanted to win, right? He had right. an idea and he hired people probably because he was curious about things and he wanted to achieve things. So that was, you know, really smart. But I think more than anything, you, you know, you have to keep pushing uh, the line forward for people and setting goals. But sometimes that's hard, right? I think that especially if you're not um, articulating the goal um, and the new goal constantly, it it just depends. but I think that the other thing about Steve that obvious uh, to anybody listening is, you know, that he was about simplicity and about the messaging and that the yeah. consumer didn't need to know 
how things worked. They just needed to know that they did. Right. And you get a product that they want, you know. And uh, I've also, I've always said about, uh, like, Dis- if people think like Disney World, Disneyland, what do you think of? Fun, uh, you know, great with smiles, you know, the family and uh, a great experience. And I said, yeah, that's what you think of. That's the veneer. But underneath, behind there, you've got the most technologically advanced machinery, uh, software, uh, employee training, this, that, and the other, to deliver that ice cream type experience. You know, they hide all that from you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm going to take a sip of, of hint right now. Here's the hint bottle. But um, a lot of people have said, you know, why don't more people knock you off? And like, and do this product, like how have you maintained such a large lead in this category? Yeah, um, that's a good, good question. Cause like, how hard could it be? You know, how hard could it be? And, and yeah. it ends up that it's, it's pretty tough because <laughs> you're using real fruit. Um, you know, people want to cut corners and, and make there it products. There you and go. They want to use, you know, flavor houses and things that are, you know, you're not going to get the, the right taste. It's not that Hint hasn't had competition over the years. I mean, Coke had tried to knock it off five times um, yeah. in the last 17 years. Five times. But they did it with it, they did it with a couple different, I think, mistakes. First of all, they used the Dasani name. Right. And they added essence to it. And I think right. that there is a perception uh, that goes along with Dasani, like it or not, right. that uh, the consumers have. Yeah. And, uh, and so to actually create with that name something new that you want people to have a positive feeling, you're, you're almost working against yourself. That's number right. one. And number two, they used the cherry syrup that they probably use in cherry coke to actually you know create the product but what was fascinating to me and it's something that you know i talk about in the book too i used to think primarily because people would tell us this uh especially when we were early on trying to get shelf space or raise money they're like as soon as coke or pepsi comes out with a competitive product you're toast i mean you're right yeah you're done. And so many investors or potential investors would say, we're not going to invest in you. And it actually ends up that that started to happen. Those were really like bad days for me mentally because I thought, okay, this is the beginning of the end now that Coke and Pepsi have launched competitive products. But it ends up that competition is actually a really good thing because they help bring awareness to the category. Uh-huh. Right? And yeah, so right. it's not to say that it wasn't disruptive. We I I remember the first time at a major retailer, uh Target. Um we were in Target and then we got the phone call that we were getting bumped out of Target because their category captain uh which was at that time Coca-Cola had decided that they wanted to uh, use our space 
for this competitive product. And I thought, oh, okay, well, so where are we going to go? And they yeah. said, you're out. <laughs> so, we're, so we got kicked out of there. And the wow. irony, actually, few lessons learned from that. Um, first of all, always have options. Always have options. Always have options. Because, You're the leader. Look down the road. See what's coming. What yeah, come. and and you know the and you can be mad. You can be sad. You can you know hate Target. You can do hate Coca Cola. You can do all these things. But the real problem is, you have nowhere to go, right. right? And so that's really what you're most upset about because you didn't have options, and yeah. you can sort of play that. Um, strategy out for lots of different bad situations that could right. occur along the way. Uh, but what ended up happening is they not only got the space that we had in Target, um, but Coke also got more space than we got. Uh, and because they were, you know, important customers to, right. to Target. And then about three months later, we got a phone call. From Target, and they said, uh, Coke decided that they don't want to, the numbers weren't good enough for them. They didn't sell enough product and they aren't going to do this category anymore. And we actually like the category. We have consumers that want the category. So we're inviting you back in and not only inviting you back in, but you get the additional space that Coke had. <laughs> so we gain space. I mean, never thought that would happen. Never thought, yeah. And so every time a competitor launched, we gained space. Yeah, amazing. Because they wouldn't be able to, you know, and that's the other thing that I learned about if if you have large, this is the mentality of large companies. So their success measurement is different than my success measurement. Right. There you go. And so they're sitting there looking at comparing their numbers to Smart Water or Coke or, you know, whatever. And uh, and I mean, I'm I'm just looking at, you know, growth for my brand and trying to figure out how I keep gaining space. And so the more times that they continue to come into the space by by the time it happens, you know, the second time I was excited. When we have competition. And that frankly is, you know, a big business lesson that I share with people over and over again. That if you actually have multiple people in your category, it's, uh, I'm not saying that it isn't scary at times, but it's like focus on what you can control. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallonwinning.com. Thanks for listening.